Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. James. Hello. Kieran. Hello. And Brody. Hello. On the show today, we're going to be discussing the PlayStation Portal, Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, reportedly suffering from internal delays, Baldur's Gate 3 coming to Xbox finally, but at what cost, I ask, Uh, and the Nintendo Switch outselling the Wii. But first, let's start the show (laughs) by once again talking about snacks, because James, I saw you post a rather intriguing image today on Twitter that I had never seen before, and it was of a can of future Coca-Cola, I think it was. There was Coke 3000. Coke, Coke 3000. Nuts. And it was in part designed by AI or something. Is that right? Yeah. So on the can, it says it's co-created with AI and it's the flavor of the future. <laughs> and and um, is it? Is it the flavor of the future? Um, or what does the future taste like? Yeah, I guess it yeah, depends. Like what you think the future is. Um, Chrome. If you're expecting the future to taste like, like wet fairy floss, then... They nailed it. Um, but, um, overall, yeah, I don't know. I don't. The future is grim. Is probably the easiest way to oh, put wow. it. Um, yeah, don't don't rush out and grab it. It's it's literally just like Coke Zero, but like with um, there is just like this weird, sweet, melted icy pole flavor to it. I don't know what it is, but um, if you want to experience it, go and um see it for yourself but like i mean the print I feel of like... the can does look a bit like a melted paddle pop so like maybe that is what's in there uh no nah, there's no like milky element that you would expect that okay. a paddle pop suggests to me like it's very <laughs> very much zooper duper territory but um oh. yeah i don't know <laughs> i saw kieran just like raise his eyebrows like now some is in yeah <laughs> i was gonna say as i was thinking that i was like zooper duper a wa thing as well but like um yeah not Didn't the best. Big M uh, wade into super duper territory. Um, Master's milk. Master's yeah, milk. No, isn't it that oak milk? Oak milk did that, I think. Ah, right. Yeah. 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 And that Sorry, this feels like some sort of paradoxical event, though, where like the future Coke won't happen because it came too early and yeah, everyone wasn't, wasn't ready. ready for it. Yeah, and, yeah I don't <laughs> know. <a> feeling. <laughs> Maybe there's some kind of like fairy floss like surplus <laughs> coming and they needed to melt it all down and we don't know about that yet. But um, yeah. I don't get Sorry, how what Brody either, said hey. just hit me a little. Like. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> but yes, I could give it a solid four out of ten. Four out of ten. Not solid. a rave review. Yeah. <laughs> Not a review yeah. you'll find on the website um, where you will find Brody's <laughs> preview of the Plucky Squire. How was the Plucky Squire, Brody? Uh, yeah, I'll clarify. I didn't get to go hands-on with the game. It was Thank a hands-off you. preview. Um, but what I saw of it, yeah, it looks like uh, a very charming little indie game, as you'd imagine. Like, the way they managed to meld, like, that 2D and 3D sort of gameplay is very cool, very reminiscent of uh, A Link Between Worlds, if you've got that touchstone, or even more recently, I guess, Mario Odyssey, how they uh, yeah. have those moments where you go into the wall and it's all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, very charming little game. Uh very excited to see what they do. They do this cool thing where, like, um, like it's obviously a bit of a Zelda-like in terms of, like, you go around and, like, you fight things on the page and then once you break out of the page, there's a puzzle-solving element where you can, like, sort of pluck words from different pages to change the context in a page to get through a puzzle. Like, the one I saw was um, 
you come up to this big bug that's blocking the way, kind of like Snorlax would in like Pokemon Gold or Silver. And uh, the text on the page says uh, a huge bug blocks your way. And then like you can like knock the word huge out of it and replace it with the word tiny and then the bug flies away because it's all <laughs> small and scared. So it's cool little like scribble noughts like uh, mm. puzzle solving like that that lets you sort of think outside the box. And I did ask if they were going to have like multiple solutions for the same puzzle and they said that they'll just sort of let that gradually evolve through playtesting. And if they see that players do try and use their career, like creativity like that, that they'll definitely try to reward that, which is very cool. So, um, yeah, I'm liking the way it looks a lot. It, it looks like it's going to be accessible for almost anyone. Like it's going to be good for the kids um, just because they said they've got a lot of accessibility stuff that you can sort of obviously make the game as easy or as hard as you like. So, um, yeah, one I definitely am keen to get into. It's just a shame it's delayed till next year, but obviously take your time with it. Yeah, I've liked everything we've seen of it so far, so that's exciting to hear. Um, James, back to you, though. You also had a, a bit of a preview opportunity. I don't know if it was hands-on or hands-off, but how was Skull and Bones? Oh, you muted, you, you're muted, James. I know. I was, like, yelling at <laughs> You're speechless. I couldn't hear it me. It was that yeah. good, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lost for words. <laughs> yeah, I... Like, at first I was like, ugh. Really, Kieran? This is what you're giving me? <laughs> when, um, it's all Kieran's then, uh, fault. But then I was like, sure, whatever. And um, I'm a team player. Nah, but but legit though, like it's it's good. Like it's better than I thought it would be. And I'm not like much of a like I'm obviously not a pirate, but like I'm not much of a fan of pirates. <laughs> like, you know, can, you stuff. Like, can you prove it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, like it, it's it's pretty solid. Like for a game that's like so fucked in terms of its development cycle, like I think they've done a pretty good job of bringing something together that's quite playable. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I think it's immediately obvious that there are some elements of it that feel like you know because obviously this kind of spun off from Black Flag, it does feel a little bit stuck there in some ways. But yeah. overall, it's um pretty fun like and there's lots of different like activities to do it's not just like the one kind of thing i think it'll live or die based on how regularly they push out content for it and stuff um and it's obviously quite different to see of thieves in that you know if you're playing with three people you each get your own fleet um so you're controlling a ship each whereas in the sea of thieves obviously you're all managing one ship do you know what i right. mean like and that yeah. alone is quite different lets them really focus on the combat um which is really what this game is all about. So, I mean, like, oh, you go. No, I was going to say, I'm kind of curious because Shannon famously used to tout that he was the only person who had, uh, <laughs> at Press Start, who had got to play this game. So I'm more curious as to, like, you know, I, I have don't you know guys, if I, that as a positive thing. Have you guys ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I also don't know. We've probably played different games at this point. Like, I was going to say, like have you guys like... had a chance to chat and actually, like, sort of work out what the differences are, if any? Not at all, but okay. I very good. It, it is. It's coming along better than I expected. Um, yeah. To be honest, I've got a feeling. I mean, I think they. I think they have to do it next year. I think it's just going to get buried this year. Like that's probably the big thing, and it has to really release in a point where no, there's nothing else to buy because they just have to get a lot of people in to that like ecosystem and stuff to get mm. lots of people sailing on the seas because it's it's really going to be like it's going to live or die based on how many people are out and about. You know. So, um, it, 
It is live service, is it? Because I've lost track of this game at this point. It is. Yeah. It is live service, um, but yeah. not in a like in the beta. I don't know if this is going to change in the final game, but like I don't get the vibe that it's super grindy. Like you just level up, like an Assassin's Creed game almost. Um, mm. Each level gets you more equipment, more gear that you can make bigger ships, go out for bigger targets. You know that kind of thing. Um, there's they also mix in some more like weird stuff. Like there's ghost ships that can you can find on like. At, when you're out at night and there's like mythical creatures to hunt and stuff and that's all pretty cool and they can definitely go into that like i guess that like legend side of pirates a little bit like you know you hear all these rumors and stuff and then it actually happens um the only thing i didn't like that was on the on foot stuff is really weird like i don't know why it's there besides like the cynical version of me thinks it's just to sell costumes for your pirate but like <laughs> you literally just like walk around and talk to shops and that's like it like, there's mm-hmm. not a lot there, like, to do on foot. So I don't really know what the go is there. I don't know if they just felt like they didn't have enough of a game, so they had to add that. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like, it's pretty solid. Wow. Um, yeah. I think, like, I've previewed... Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't actually read the show notes, and I'm really... Oh, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> okay. This, yeah. So I previewed another game that I thought was way, like, that, like, kind of took me by surprise as well so i i think that like overall this is better than you would think it is i feel like it's, i was ready to really be like this is shit and it was awful and it did crash twice when i was playing it the first in my first hour it even kicked me out for being inactive even though i was playing so like i'm not <laughs> sure what the go was there but overall like um besides that i had a pretty good time so okay yeah. was there another game that you it. previewed that i've not included in the show notes i did but it's already flying under the radar which i think will be a crime again um <laughs> so you I should talk about it i will i'm going to i'm getting there <laughs> i just wanted to be passive aggressive for a bit um <laughs> i got to play a mission from banishes ghosts of new eden um which is the new game from don't nod oh um but it's really fucking good. Like, I'm like, I was once again taken aback at how fun it was. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but it's been at a few of the Keeley shows. And um, I've often said, like, it's probably going to be like a new Plague Tale. Um, but it's about two ghost hunters in the early 1600s. Um, they're also lovers. One of them dies during a mission or something. Um, and she becomes a spirit and she helps him out, like being attuned into the spirit world and stuff um, while he's hunting the remaining ghosts who kind of put her there. Um, really, really intriguing premise. Um, mm. And I was saying, like, to Kieran, like, I think it's, like, super... I don't know, like, it's just weird that, like, th- this game is, like, about their, like, relationship and that it's, like, it's kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it besides saying it's quite an intimate, like, look into their relationship um, because they both love each other so much and, like, they're hunting to kind of bring her back. Um but in typical don't nod fashion, like a lot of your hunts and stuff will end in a, like a big choice. And that big choice, there's always like a, like the good choice means that you'll kind of make your partner move on. So you'll never be able to see her again. Um, but the bad choice, like, you know, it's a bad thing to do in the real world, but it will maybe get you closer to reviving her. Like, and, right. and it was the thing that took me aback the most about this is like, obviously I didn't know anything about it. <clears throat> um, but after playing it for like, only 90 minutes like i was really stuck on, on which choice to make like and i feel like that is a testament to almost like you know these guys did make life as strange and mm. vampire to a certain extent as well um but yeah this is one that i think i think that it's out, out in november i think it's gonna really like 
fly under the radar for a lot of people. But if you really like value your single player games with like good characters and good story and stuff, like I think it's definitely worth your time based on what I've played already. Definitely look it up if you haven't. Yeah, I just um, had to, as you were speaking there, I just had to whip up the uh, gameplay trailer because um, I had no memory of it whatsoever. Um, and actually watching the trailer, it didn't jog anything either. Um, but it looks really cool and like the kind of way that uh, it looks like the ghost kind of enhances the um, combat mechanics. Yeah, and stuff so when you're in, when you're in combat, well. really he cool. fights he fights with like a sword and a gun and stuff, but you can switch to her just with a button press. And she's more yeah. powerful and has more like spectral powers and stuff um that kind of affect how she can transport or solve puzzles and all that um but overall like yeah the combat's pretty solid it's just really polished too like i know mm. that these games from focus home interactive are normally like in the middle but like it feels like it's quite quite solid especially with vampire like that was you could see what they wanted to do but like te- on a technical level is quite rough but yeah. this just feels like a step up for don't nod in like every way um cool. well, that's immediately one on my radar Thanks for yes. It's a really good GR. I'm sorry I didn't have it in the show notes. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. Um, but yeah, definitely ch- check it out for sure. To move on with the rest of the show, though, uh, as it is written in the show notes, I have tech time with Shannon, and Shannon's deathly ill, but he's gracing us with his presence. I notice in a PlayStation Udi as well, which is very relevant because I wanted to quiz you on the PlayStation Portal which was announced almost immediately upon ending our recording last week. Um, but it is a handheld device that streams games from your PlayStation 5 console via remote play, featuring an 8-inch 1080p 60fps LCD screen uh, and support for adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, all for about a $200 US price point, which I think works out to be just over 300 Australian, but we haven't yet had local pricing confirmed um firstly to you shannon what do you think would be the purpose of the playstation portal what does it serve so as i've been in bed since friday which is rare for me to sort of be out of action for like four or five days in bed with nothing to do and i feel like this has given me a new appreciation for what this device could be because i've turned to xbox game pass cloud on my frame in my room um and that has just been incredible like i know i've tested it before and written about it and spoken about it but i've never actually like been forced to use it for hours on end Mm. um and it's near flawless like playing texas chainsaw massacre and a few other games like it works really well which has given me more hope for a device like this um considering it's local streaming but i think definitely that's what this is it's not meant to be like a handheld in a traditional sense it's meant to be for playing it on the couch next to your partner in bed or within your house which isn't what most people want, and I get that, but I think we've spoken about this before. Like, for, for me, like, as someone who has a partner that doesn't have any interest in gaming but likes watching the TV after work or dinner, like, I'm often left not getting the TV until 10 or 11 p.m., so something like this to play, not, like, hugely story-driven games like The Last of Us, but, like, FIFA mm. or COD or indie games, if it works well, which, again, I don't even think we got a huge sense of that from the previews, like, how well it works because it was in a controlled environment, but... If it works well and you open it up, it boots straight into your game. Um, granted, it's going to have some latency and not look as good. But if it works in that way, I actually think the price is is quite good. Like I, I know it's yeah. still through $300, but like for what it could be and what some people are predicting, I think even some of us on the podcast, like I think it's a good result for what this is, I think. Yeah. Kieran, can you... Um... I see a future in which you maybe hit pause on the big TV and 
then move to the toilet and continue playing there on your PlayStation portal. <laughs> Exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> the the portal potty, as it were. <laughs> um I I know I definitely I definitely am keen to pick one up. Like I think like the the argument that I keep hearing the most that I hate is people being like, oh, but you you know you can do this on your mobile phone. Yeah. Um, I think there's so much like value in a dedicated device, and like mm. your phone is also a camera and a music player and all these other things, but like dedicated devices still do that stuff better. Um, yeah. So I definitely think like the amount of times I've gone to remote remote play on my phone and it's just been too small or awkward. Like this would have definitely filled that gap. So I'm yeah I'm keen to pick one up. On yeah. that point, like just from like a Wi-Fi point of view, like your phone is always downloading stuff as well, like yeah. whether it be notifications, apps in the background. Like it's not meant for this type of thing. So it should be a better experience than a so. dedicated device. Yeah, you would hope again. That's a very good point. We still don't know yet though if this is going to work outside of the house, right? Like it, it's kind of... It w- yeah, it that- sh- I'm pretty sure it will on Wi-Fi. That's from what everyone's been saying. Right, okay. So long as it's got an internet connection... It, it works. But obviously, like, the faster the internet connection, the better your experience is I think be. more like hotel room, like, not not yeah. in a cafe or something. Like, if yeah. you're away in a hotel or an Airbnb and it has Wi-Fi, like, that's the idea. Don't. It's definitely not a portable, like, handheld device, which yeah. I get is confusing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brody, what's your interest in the PlayStation Portal and how can you see it selling? Is it likely to find a much mainstream appeal? Oh, look, it probably will because I guess PlayStation in itself has mainstream appeal. But um, I don't know. You look you look at things like, I don't know, PSVR, very niche, yeah. probably has, still hasn't caught on to the same point and to the same degree as you would hope. Yeah. Like the install base is quite, quite small. So I don't know. Uh, I can see it going either way. But I think, yeah, look, it's not for me. I'm not the use case. Like I am not With a big PlayStation player. Wi-Fi. That as well. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. A, uh, not, not a big uh, PlayStation player anyway. Like, if I'm going to play that, I'm going to play that on the TV. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I think it could go either way, but clearly there's a bit of interest among the uh, the uh, people on here already. So, Yeah, I can't say I've particularly got a use case for it. Like, I don't face much competition in using the TV and not because I'm selfish about it, but my girlfriend's very comfortable just, like, going to bed and watching a show on her phone. Like, that's how she's more comfortable doing that. Um, so subsequently I don't have any issue with it, but I don't know all the same. Like I like what they've done with this device and the fact that it is like a fully fledged controller with a haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers and stuff like that. And just, I guess like the ergonomics and stuff of it being essentially a dual sense controller split across the screen, which um, is huge, right? Like using an yeah. iPad, even with your controller, like it, there's just nothing that is that good. Yeah. Like the backbone is okay but like it doesn't feel like you're using a dual sense controller like it feels yeah like you're using a mobile used, controller. i've used like a razor sort of thing before which again like very purpose built for it, but it just doesn't feel quite right and the um yeah the sticks don't feel as good um and yeah like I, i've tried to kind of fashion some sort of rig before where i could like use a dual shock for like connected to my iPad mini, which I thought was going to be like an ideal sort of setup, but it's still a rather cumbersome thing. So yeah, Kieran, you're exactly right when you say like a dedicated device is always going to be the best way to do it. But it has to work. Like if if you don't just turn it on and it doesn't boot into your PS5, like if there's mucking around or like glitches or anything like that, like it's just, it's not going to be worth. Yeah. And I think the remote play, like remote play apps as they exist on devices already work rather well. 
that I can't see this being any different. Like it'd be a, a more smoother Hopefully. experience, I'm sure. Um, James, have you got any thoughts, feelings, opinions, emotions about the PlayStation Portal? Nothing. No. Interesting. <laughs> well, instead, let me ask you about Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Reportedly suffering from internal delays, uh, it comes hot off the announcement that the developer Bioware was axing about 50 jobs at its studio of approximately 250 staff in order to become, quote, a more agile and focused studio. Um, Dragon Age Dreadwolf is reportedly hitting roadblocks and suffered multiple delays uh, in its internally projected launch window uh, subsequently. Um, James, what might this indicate about the state of the game? Not good. You mean? <laughs> Not good at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is so disappointing Like for me. Um, mm. Obviously, we like, can extend it to like what is the state of Bioware as well at this point. Yeah, like I, I, to be honest, I don't really care about Dragon Age. I just want to hurry it up so they can move on to Mass Effect. But <laughs> like, I, um, obviously, and they're taking this sweet ass time. I don't know what it is. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't been following the rumors completely, but I feel like they've just never seemed to recover from having to use Frostbite. Um, and I don't know if that's still the case or not. I think they did transition. I don't think it was specifically Unreal. mentioned in anything I read, but... Yeah, um, but this was, like, going around when Andromeda, I'm literally Googling yeah. it right now, but um, do you know what I mean? Like, that was a big yeah. thing, like, that, you know, if n- none of their systems were made for an RPG, and then they've just had to kind of shoehorn it all in. Yeah. Because this was I a think that was a problem right at across the EA, wasn't it, Frostbite? Because, yeah. like, it was a DICE or, like, developed thing, and they pretty much only they could understand it and were having to explain it to people over the phone. <laughs> And then, like, you know, their first game that doesn't use it, which was, like, Star- Jedi, did really fucking well, like, yeah. and came together quickly. Um, I don't know, like, I, it does suck, and especially, and do you know what, like, really stings for me now, especially? Like, I've put 70 hours into Baldur's Gate in the last week, and, wow. like, I know that there's so much of, there's little things that are different about those games, but, like, that game, I just don't see Dreadwolf being better than that. Like, I can't imagine it. And it's mm. and that that must suck so much for like everyone involved, like fans, people making it. Like I don't know, like it's it's wild, like how much of a better Dragon Age game that game is than say Inquisition was, or like what I think Dreadwolf will be. Um, they're lucky they've got that world because I think that world is super compelling, and there's so much like of that deep lore behind it and stuff. Mm. Um, but I would be, yeah, I just like. It is, like, heartbreaking almost. I loved the first two Dragon Age games heaps, especially the first one. Um, to not to think that we're not going to get, like, a follow-up that can, I guess, eclipse its predecessors is a bit disappointing. Um, yeah. I, and I know that um, that's not necessarily what's going to happen, but I just feel like these protracted development schedules never end super well, especially yeah. a game I, I- of the scale, scope and scale, as what Dragon Age is and what people expect, especially after The Witcher and now. Baldur's Gate and stuff, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's a little presumptuous to say it's not going to shape up. Like, I, I think it's a, a little too early to tell that. We'll be sitting here in but, 10 years and I'll let you know. But <laughs> I, I'm willing to like, make a bet. Like, internal delays happen all the time, right? Like, there's obviously delays we hear about when release dates get shifted. But I'm sure think- in the process of developing a game, you've got all these internal deadlines that you miss and you kind of push back and stuff, but it's not public facing. Um, you know, like The Last of Us Part Two got delayed a whole bunch and that all came together. But I suppose that's got the backing of Naughty Dog that had kind of better 
cred going into it. I suppose where the issue might be for Bioware now is that you're going to say working conditions for a second. Uh Well, I mean, hey, yes, that's a very valid (laughs) point. Um, but yeah, but, like but, Bioware but, yeah, kind so, of already such on different the rocks, situations so. as well. Like and like you like you said, like there's already so many problems internally with EA and Frostbite. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't like I know what you're saying. Like it's presumptuous, but like I you don't hear like stuff about this like about so many games so regularly. Like yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a good thing about Dragon Age. Um, since it started development, like in terms of like, like in terms of who's there, who's leaving, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. And like, yes, say Last of Us got delayed heaps, but so many key creatives aren't leaving almost every month. Like Fair. it's not a they're hemorrhaging talent, and I just can't help but feel it's going to be a disaster. But yeah. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'd rather be surprised than disappointed. So and hey, the, the Last of Us was just one example. There are countless, I'm sure. Um, Brody, what's what's your feeling about all of this? Um, yeah, look, I think you're sort of right. I think their efforts to be transparent are probably not doing them any good in terms of like the public perception. Like mm. if they didn't make it known, like we wouldn't think anything different. Like we'd probably think it's just business as usual, seeing as we don't actually have a date or any expectation of when this game is coming out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing they're it, being transparent about though is the, the staff cutbacks. Like the, yeah. And, and the, that's true. That's true. And that's the only reason this has come out. So, yeah. um, Look, but one thing is going to cause another. If you trim a fifth of your workforce, you're not going to be able to meet the deadlines that you would have accounted for if you had an extra fifth of your workforce. So, I mean, Mm. it probably makes sense that it all shifts in line. So, uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like, let's just wait until we see the game in three to four years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's see what happens. And Mass Effect even Wasn't this rumored to be like soon? Like wasn't well, at it one was, point it was like going to be this year or next it was, year? Yes. It was in a it was in a playable state like from start to finish. I think it was like late last year. And uh, according to uh, was it Jeff Grubb that came out with these yeah. these rumors? Yeah. yeah, he was saying it was originally pegged for yeah like next month. So that's wild. Yeah, yeah. It was, so either it's going to be like a surprise drop next year or it is gone. Yeah, restarted. The, the, the so thing the, that does hurt the most is that they have now pulled pre-production staff from Mass Effect. Effect, Yeah. From Mass Effect, which is now not going to start development for another God knows when uh, to, you know, work on this. So that's the worst thing about all this. And that hurts the most. Because I also don't care about Dragon Age, but please go on. Yeah, these things have all sorts of flow on effects, which is um, rather problematic. Yeah, the the timeline as it is at the moment, like the game was originally sort of slated, or at least one point slated to launch as early as September of this year. Um, But that was kind of pushed back internally to March next year and now um, later in 2024, like winter, our sort of time being the earliest. So I don't know, potentially kind of 12 months from now. Um, which yeah is a is a substantial shift, and you got to think Mass Effect wouldn't emerge for many years thereafter. So um, yeah, not the best of times. But in some good news, and you did mention a second ago as well, James. I'm going to eager to ask you more about Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate three is coming to Xbox this year. After all, uh, the game will be coming to Xbox after a concession was made to omit split screen co op from the Xbox Series S version of the game um this seems to have been very much kind of a sticking point about its release on xbox as a as a platform uh shannon what issue does the xbox series s pose to development on the xbox platform at the moment 
Um, I, I feel like we spoke about this a lot before launch and like people were in two camps. Like it was either like it was going to have an effect on PS5 and Series X or like it wasn't going to have any effect and like they referenced sort of PC gaming and how it's like a scale of minimum to recommended to maximum. Yeah. And I think we're realizing now more so because of Xbox wanting them to line up. And I think James spoke about this last week. Um, there are things like split screen. Like we could maybe make the assumption now that Halo Infinite split screen was canceled because it couldn't run on Series Ooh. S. So like I think we can start. Well, that's what's happened yeah, here. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't connect those dots, so like, but that makes total sense. And even Forza. We can, I th- yeah, and yeah. Forza. Like we can, we can start to look at things like that. Um, it, which doesn't make a lot of sense because I think like that's a tangible thing that you could look at and like if it wasn't on Series S, like people understand like you're not getting the best, of the best with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's it's restricting things like that, um, like like things like split screen that are taxing um, locally, um, among other things. I'm sure. Like I'm sure there's been lesser high profile games that haven't. Yeah. We're always talking about it, right? Like that things don't come to Xbox and maybe this is shining some light on that. I feel like of all the concessions to make though, like losing split screen co-op probably like in this day and age, not the worst thing for Xbox Series S players to miss out on. Yeah. I, it's a hard one, right? Because then I can also, you can also look at it in like maybe, uh, this is a, a generalization, but like casual gamers do like, like couch co-op and playing with their partner or, or split screen, right? Like sure. when I think about like... Yeah party games and like halo and things like that um it's not the best look but i think you can understand it like no one's going to begrudge them for for having things like that that don't make their way to series s i think but it's also like in a weird they needed to, to make that call two three years ago i think rather than now maybe yeah sorry i'm laughing at Kieran's cat's beefing again on camera. Oh, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> um, Xbox and PlayStation going at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should just like Photoshop. I think I, this is me. a good resolution, I think. Um, this is how it should be. I don't yes. think we should be not having games on platforms because of things like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I do see James squirming a little bit on his seat, though. Um, Phil Spencer defended the Xbox Series S in, in an interview with Eurogamer, uh, saying that there are features that ship on Xbox today that do not ship on S, so kind of acknowledging very much this same phenomenon, uh, and that having an entry-level price point for a console sub $300 is a good thing for the industry. Um, James, coming to you next then, what role does the Xbox Series S continue to play in the future of Xbox? I don't know. Like, I don't... Like, on, on paper, I get it. Like, and I think we always said this, but it's it's almost as cheap as a Switch, but it gets you into, like, that next-gen ecosystem. But, yeah. but, but in reality, I don't think there's ever been a time when you couldn't buy one. Like, I don't... The demand wasn't, you, you know, like, wasn't... Do you disagree or you... No, sorry, the cats... <laughs> Just don't look okay. at them, Ewan. So I'm, try- yeah. I'm trying. I don't to. The cats are banned from your room. Like Ewan <laughs> does not have the attention span to be just able to don't focus look. on the Just right don't thing. look. <laughs> and not everyone watches the video. So I don't know if it's yeah, worth so breaking the They probably won't the even be in frame. Make them meow or get them out. <laughs> oh, they oh. just left. There you go. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> sorry, James. Oh, I'm sorry. Please continue. I don't know where I was saying now. <laughs> I, I, You've I, always been able to buy a Series S. It hasn't. Yeah, sold like out. The, I, yeah. I don't think the demand has always been there for them, and I, I. So I don't know if it has paid off. Like I thought it was maybe. A, I think it was a gamble, and 
unfortunately i don't think it's worked out maybe how they wanted it to um and you do get the odd um i'm assuming the developers breaking ndas about how much they hate working with the series s um i know that's not what everyone thinks uh but like it seems to be one of the worst kept secrets online um because of the memory limitations and stuff so I don't know. I do feel I, I like reckon- Phil was trying to get ahead of like any speculation that um, there was like a perceived like parody policy in place that like you had to kind of keep it feature. I think that some sort of think- parody between both versions of the game, but it's kind of kind of hard to argue that that's not some sort of at least unspoken I think that, rule. I think there was a feature parody situation because like I mean I think it's also quite disingenuous for him to say that like series S people don't have ray tracing. It's like yeah but cool well that's very different to say something yeah. like split screen like to to have <laughs> to kind of say those two things are similar it, isn't it's really, almost a sticker think, on the box sort of situation, right? I just yeah I I th- I recognize that this game this, this and that's the thing this game isn't even it's not going to be one of those ones that shifts millions of copies to everybody like it does it mm. does have a more limited appeal compared to say other games but to not have it on xbox i think he's made the right choice to get it out there and to get it out there so like i'm surprised it's coming this year like that is the biggest surprise um to come out of this news for me um but well, i think they, they they have like they they've got the xbox series x one more or less ready they've just yeah, been trying yeah. to get the series s one working yeah which is the, right. uh, which is obviously the issue but yeah and it's going to be good for Larian because I'll probably buy it twice because their games are all cross save and like yeah. and there's so much in that game that I could never possibly want like manage to see it all in one playthrough anyway. And um, I should so. note, like Larian, we're keen to make the point as well that cross progression is going to be there on Xbox too. So um, I guess should you have like a couple of copies of the game or at one stage upgrade to a Series X to carry on there and play co op you're going to be able to bring your save data over or whatever. Um, yeah. Brody, I'm now curious though, like given the Bethesda deal and them coming, stepping into the Xbox ecosystem first and foremost, like what sort of issues might this has posed for say the development of Starfield? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I think the less I say about Starfield at the minute, the better. <laughs> I think you're trying to entrap me. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we've seen a lot of bullshit this week on social media about Starfield and the exhausting uh, discourse around, you know, invisible walls and barriers and stuff like that. So, uh, and that stuff's present across the board. But I, look, I don't think that that's because of the Series S necessarily. Like, I wouldn't think. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, you're making me nervous now with the Starfield talk. I didn't mean to wade down this. No, no. <laughs> well, you're making me nervous. <laughs> um, do you have any issues, though, with games like making certain concessions in order to run on the Series S? No, no, definitely not. Like, I, I wish that the perception from the start, and I feel like there was an implied uh, quality across the board sort of thing from Phil and the marketing team at Xbox saying that, like, if you got a Series S, you weren't necessarily missing out on anything. Yeah. Um, but... I think we've discovered that that's not the reality. So I think I've as... been pretty guilty of just assuming it was like a, a resolution step down. It's like, it's yeah. the same game, but 1440p rather than 4k. Yeah. So, I mean, like as long as they don't feel like they're breaking a promise to their customer, like I, I'm more than happy for them to like, like, I wonder if this is why AFL's not out because they can't get something <laughs> running on the series. S. <laughs> they can't get a running on a, a powerful PC yeah. or a PS5. It, it honestly <laughs> probably like it, uh, you're laughing, but like it could very well be the reason 
Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, as long as they're happy, especially like that their customers who have. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, that's smaller. true. Yeah, I don't think Xbox will be flying anyone out to help uh, Big Ant try and work out the uh, co-op situation in Avon. Ross and Phil shaking hands <laughs> overnight. Um, yeah, but I mean, look, I am more than happy for, you know, if it means like Hellblade is going to, you know, be a fuller experience and they can like make it as good as it possibly can be on Series X and then the Series S one misses out on, I don't know, I don't know what an example is in that game, that's not going to have multiplayer, but something, Yeah. Uh, then, you know, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Kieran, have you been able to play any Baldur's Gate yet? No, I'm still no. waiting for the PS5 release, but I, right. I, will, I will be as soon as I can. I can see it being a game up your street based mm. on all that I've heard of it so far. I'm yet to have played any. Up your street. What's up your street? Up your alley. What, what is it? What <laughs> is alleys. the phrase? Not, what is the saying? The alleys. Surely it doesn't matter. A street and an it alley, does. not all the that different. The street is like a public space. The alley, we all have a personal alley. Isn't an alley like, like no. a closed and a street <laughs> is open? Alleys. Like a street has two ways. You're saying my alley is as wide as a street? <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that your alley is for everybody. My it's alley is just... for every, anyone can go up it. The saying is up your alley. Like, I don't know how else I'm meant to, And there's a, there's a reason for that. So just respect the history. Like, there's got to be some sort of reason why I always get these wrong. Um... James, That's I take it 70 hours, hours so that you're playing. I don't have the time to unpack that. Speaking of 70 hours, let's... <laughs> hang on, hang on. Pause. I've just Googled it, and right up one street is a Britishism. There we it's go. A, it's a oh, British thing. It's a problem. situation. Well, anyway. do not bring <laughs> geographical politics into this, Ewan. How dare you? Uh, well suited to one's tastes, interests, or abilities. So right up one street. All right, Thank please you. continue. That, that feels very redeeming. Thank you. Um, James, you've played 70 Eyes of Baldur's Gate 3. Do, is it fun? Should people play it when it comes on it Xbox and PlayStation? It's I'd be worried if you said no yeah. after 70 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have, have, yeah. have you I, fucked um, the bear? We haven't really spoken about Baldur's Gate at all, so I'm curious what yeah, your I, um, I haven't. I haven't fucked the bear. I have fucked another one. Have you fucked? Oh, I'm not going to go then. Yeah, mine's actually a spoiler, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but it was oh. the weirdest sex scene I've ever seen in a video game ever. So I will maybe elaborate on that. Tell me after. Show. Yeah, yeah, I will. Please. I've got plenty of screenshots because I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, but I'm trying to think of some appropriate fish or something to make like a, it's about a, it's streets a versus alleys. A turkey. Yeah. Real talk, though, besides the sex. The game is actually really good. <laughs> it's like, um, like it, you can literally kill anyone and that will change how a quest plays out or like how, do you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of games where some characters might be invincible because the plot mm. needs them to be. There's sure. like no such thing as like plot armor in this game. And that's what I can really appreciate. Um, I do think it's a smidge overrated though. And I do think it does fall apart in the third act, which I think most reviewers probably didn't get to. Um, but overall it is really good. And I, I can't even imagine like, like, <sighs> I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's just so many limitless like ways the story can branch out, and your ch- all of your, the, the like choices you make and stuff they have such like far-reaching consequences. Some really obvious, some not. Um, and yeah, like it's really surprised me. This isn't the type of game that I would normally play, um, but it's got me. So right, yeah, cool. Throw out some accusations there as well whilst you're at it. <laughs> No, it's a drive-by for every other review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only about 15 or 20 of them, so you know who you are. Uh, I, yeah. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> fine. All right, anyway. we do have one more chapter to, to cover today, so yeah. I'll move us on if I can. Um, and that is the Nintendo Switch outselling the Nintendo Wii, at least in the US and as far as sales go there. Um, Kieran, I might come to you first here. Why has the Switch been so successful? It's good. Excellent. Cool. Next it's question. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the rapid fire? Rapid fire. Did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think like it, it just it like there's so many use cases for it. Like it, you know, it I think it's obvious, but like it's it's a portable console and a home console. I think that immediately like has an appeal to people. Are you um, surprised at all that it has sold as well as it has? I'm surprised it's still going. Like I'm, I, I am, I am still surprised they haven't replaced it yet, or tried to like make a an upgraded model or something like that, um, and that people continue to buy it. Like every year, it's like, oh, we sold this many million switches. I'm like, who doesn't have one already? Like, yeah. how is how how do people not have one by this point? Yeah, I feel like we've lamented at often, maybe not recently, but certainly in times gone by, that there's been. A, a slow rollout of games for it. Like there's kind of seems to be these long gaps where there isn't kind of like um, a key title releasing on the switch, but the ones that do land just seem to land <laughs> so well, like thinking back to obviously tears of the kingdom this year, animal crossing, like in amongst COVID and stuff like these just seem to be huge temple releases that gamers play for hundreds, if not thousands of hours and really kind of carry the switch. But I don't know, Shannon, how do you feel like the Switch is going to be remembered? It's now kind of up amongst some of the best-selling consoles of all time. Yeah, I think I, I, it, it's probably like Nintendo's best console of all time, like home console of all time in terms of like reach. Um, it's got like the nostalgic audience. It's got like the hardcore with games like Zelda. It's got the casual audience. I think like COVID and like Animal Crossing, like I know just a lot of people that had not played games yeah. in their whole adult life that picked up a switch like in the two-year covid period so i think that has like changed and prolonged things a lot but i think yeah it'll be remembered as the best nintendo console of all time just just based on like concept the wii was great but it was like very gimmicky the wii you obviously flopped and the switch was just like a return to um what makes nintendo great and it still had that gimmick but it like it tied into like an actual use case that people wanted yeah, um, I think the fact that life. like the gimmick wasn't a gimmick, like the fact that you yeah, could plug exactly. it in and take it out and, and it we just hadn't worked seen it so well, like was unbelievable for like a first attempt at doing that sort of thing, like a hybrid sort of console. Like, who would have thought they could pull it off as well as they did? Um, Brody, to kind of take top spot though, it has to beat nin- the Nintendo DS, the PS2, some of the best selling game consoles of all time. Like, what do you think the Switch would have to do to be able to cross those in terms of sales? What are we talking? How far away is it? Like tens of millions or? Uh, I can pull up the numbers. It's certainly tens of millions. Maybe. Was it five behind the PS2? I, I could be wrong. Yeah, look, oh, honestly, who knows? Like, if they can manage to, you know, squirt one more. Like Mario Wonder, get out a nice little uh, limited edition skew for that. Uh, hit for Christmas time, like they mm. they could take the PS2 like this year. So I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah. Like repeat purchase of the console as well with like the special oh, yeah. editions and stuff. And That'd then be a factor. really, they haven't really done that as much as I thought they would. Like with and like you know, say Metroid Four is like the last big game. You know, another push again, another limited edition skew. James, you'll get one, I'm sure. Ten thousand units sold. Exactly. <laughs> I 
I feel like the one thing working against it, like it doesn't has have the COD every year in it. And I think it's getting the new FIFA this year yeah. for the first time in four or five years, which will help it. But like in those countries like Brazil and other countries that might be a little bit slower to adopt, like it doesn't have those like yearly casual releases. Like I don't really think people are going to be buying it for Mario Wonder or, or Metroid. Like I get Brody's point, but like I don't think they're the type of people buying it in its yeah. seventh or eighth year now. So I think it'll probably reach it still though, surely. Unless it's like 10, 20 million. Like if it's less than 10, I think it'll do I mean, it. if we're, we're taking Wikipedia as a reliable source, as we often do here on the podcast, as people know, it's in third place at the moment with about three, sorry, 130 million units sold. The DS is second with 154 and the PS2 at 155. I would take those numbers with a bit of a pinch of salt, I reckon. Maybe um, not then. <laughs> but yeah, it would have to get another yeah. 20 to 30 that's, that's million tough. more under you, its belt. Another another there. point that's just come to me is like people were buying PS2s because it was cheaper than a DVD player. Like that was a big yes. part of why that had such a long lifespan. So Yeah, that thought crossed yeah, my that, mind too. I really, I think looking at it and taking the DS out of it, like it, it's, it, you could say it's like the, the most successful home console, I yeah. think. The, the DS gaming. also had like so many iterations. Like I feel like exactly. this, oh no, the 3DS is separated out here. But, it, but even it still, still had, it had like a bunch eight. of, yeah. And I wonder yeah. if like the brain training element of it too, like I don't know many elderly people like picking up a Switch. Maybe I'm entirely wrong. The um, Wii, like it, it surprises me that like beating the Wii is huge yeah. because that just felt like everyone had a Wii, like even just for yeah. Wii sports. Like, it and felt it was like, like bundled in with so many TV purchases back in yeah. the day and everything. Yeah, true. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a huge achievement. I think from where they just came from, like it, it's insanely I've, massive. I think James, where can you see when- Nintendo going from here? Like, oh, sorry, I, I did cut you off. What were you going to say? <laughs> I. Um. Anyway, I think that when you think about when I think about the Switch as well, like it doesn't really have much of a shooter presence, right? Like, sure. there's a lot of old right. ports, like Borderlands, Bioshock, Wolfenstein, Doom. Um, but I think like for them to be able to do these numbers without having much of that. It's also quite impressive. You know what's going to help them? What? Xbox giving them active, uh, like Call of Duty, just giving them the whole company. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, COD will, I think COD will help. I, I'm so shocked. I'm still shocked. No Sims or COD mobile port in some way. Like that really mm. is wild to me. Even GDA, although I guess that's maybe going to happen soon. Um, but yeah, what was your actual question, Ewan? That you <laughs> my question was going to be, where does Nintendo go from here? I mean, surely you would assume hybrid consoles are what they're going to do knows? here on out. They'll probably release something that's confusing and will be shit and no one will buy it. And then the console after that will be really good. So <laughs> if history has been any indication. Um, I don't envy circle. them. Like, trying to, Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe I can't see where else they can go besides maybe just a power boost. Um Mm. I do like obviously with PS5 Pro becoming a thing next year, maybe like I worry that that gap will continue to grow, um, but I'm sure they're working on it somehow. Yeah. I still expect to see another iteration of it at some point in the future, kind of maybe a, th- a 3DS style sort of update, but uh, I guess time will tell. Um, okay. Well, that wasn't the rapid fire question. I do instead have another rapid fire question prepared for you. Uh, and in the week, Bethesda and Amazon announced that the fallout TV show will be released in 2024 and set in Los Angeles. My rapid fire question for you all is, is this a show you are excited for? 
Kieran, Fallout on Amazon? I don't think so. Oh, surprised me. James? No. Sorry. <laughs> for, uh, for our audio listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking um, his head. Yeah. Shannon? Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. Like, I feel like even if you didn't like Fallout, like just the premise of what this could be. Yeah, for What's sure. The premise? Enticing. Another post-apocalyptic fall- show. Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Like, interesting. Groundbreaking, <laughs> even. Like, See, I, like, I, I guess I would have felt that way going to The Last of Us if it wasn't The Last of Us. But hey. So like, much of the Fallout experience politics. is like player choice, and you don't get any of that. <laughs> like, Maybe they'll surprise you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Brody? Uh, just a, a question as an aside. Is this the Westworld <laughs> guy doing this? I don't know. I thought I had heard that. If so, yeah, I'm keen. And it's also a if Walton not. Goggins show. Walton Goggins. He's the best. <laughs> that, that sounds like a made-up <laughs> He person. does have... No, no, no he is real. I can no, confirm yeah. he is real. <laughs> he is real. He's in many hit shows. I'm taking that as a, as a yes then. Uh, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, now is time for What the Wiki, the Press Start podcast game show, where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess, and the round ends after one person successfully scores two points. Uh, Last week, that was James, who moved up into second place, just behind you, Brody. So, Brody, you're on 23 points. James then just behind on 22. Shannon, you're on 20 points. Myself and Kieran are tied with 18 each. Uh, Harry on one point and James W. still sadly nil point. Um, But, James, you were last week's winner, of course, which means you were in the hosting chair today. Take it away when you're ready. Yes. Um, these are suggested once again by a friend of the show, Samantha, because I feel like I fucked up her last round. So, this is <laughs> Do you her have her on speed dial in Good case omens. we need another... Right. More Sims and Nintendo games that Gibbo doesn't know. She actually said, I'm not going to pick a Sims game because I don't want Brody to hate me. So she specifically <laughs> mentioned you, Brody. Ooh. Too late. Um, Hi, Sam. Yeah. Friend of the show. Anyway. Um, yeah. What was the... Yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> is everyone ready? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I do have her available just for any adjudicating that needs to be done. She's in Um, the room. (laughs) She is in the room. Not physically, but on my phone. Anyway, (laughs) the the game is a racing video game with arcade-style gameplay that emphasizes dangerous and fast-paced driving. The game features standard circuit races, which take place on carriageways and city streets populated with traffic. The single race mode pits the player against five AI opponents in a single or multiple lap race. During your race boost. Oh, yes, you want? I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Is it Burnout 3 Takedown? It is Burnout 3 Takedown. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. <laughs> what a game. Thought? Wowee. Okay. Now, this one's on her PSN wish list, but she's never played it. So she's okay. really picked games that mean a lot to her. Um, <laughs> in this game, players control a person, a survivor in a post apocalyptic science fantasy setting. Shannon. The game. Shannon. Detroit. Become human. It's not Detroit. Become human. Sorry. Oh, God, the suspense. <laughs> The game is an action role-playing game played from a third-person perspective. There are six factions that players can align with, each representing a different philosophy. 
There is a substance in the game which comes from outer space that gives people powers equivalent to magic, and various factions prefer either magic or technology. Combat uses a system in which actions such as attacking or defending drain the main character's stamina. The player is also equipped with a jetpack, which allows users to explore the open world. I'm just looking at everyone's faces oh. to see how we're going. <laughs> I can't remember how this yeah. started, so I'm lost. Is it a new paragraph Ewan. yet? Um, it is a new paragraph. Uh, Ewan, go. I, I I should know more about this game at this point, but I don't, so it's a bit of a punt. But is it Immortals of Avium? It's not. Okay. No. Oh. Combat uses a system in which actions such as attacking or defending drain the main character's stamina. I'm repeating. Gaining levels allows the player to increase his attributes, which allows him to use better equipment. The antagonists are techno-organic aliens, which the player must unite the various factions against. The game is an action role-playing game developed by Piranha Bytes and published in 2022 by THQ Nordic. It is a sequel oh. to the original game and Kieran. players control the same... Yes. Is it Elix 2? It is. Congratulations, K-Bomb. Never a chance. Bugger, he's drawing level with me again. Sorry. Let's see how this one goes. Let's go. The main objective in the game is to retrieve ship parts by using the three varieties of animal available in different combinations. The main character discovers multicolored plant-animal hybrids that willingly follow his orders and help him recover the ship parts. Kieran. All of the colors... Yes, Kieran. Oh, I should have waited a bit longer, but I didn't want to... Is it pick? Oh, is it Pikmin? It is Pikmin. That was like a one <laughs> in four. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been so funny. So Kieran wins. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Um, I have a bonus one that... Oh. Yeah, let's just go. See Ten points. I, if one of you can get it. In the game's 30-hour long campaign, the player takes control of Queen Meave during events that precede the original game. As the leader of the Northern Kingdoms, you lead a small opposition force who must battle and build alliances that will shift the story. The story is fully voiced and narrated by an entity called the Storyteller. Is it- this was like... A personal bet of mine, and I think I'm about to lose. The game world consists of five regions never explored in the franchise before. Exploration Shannon. happens across... Yes, Shannon. Ants 2. No. Is there <laughs> an Ants 2? <laughs> I don't think there is. Yes, Brody. Uh, Divinity 2. No, it's not. Okay. The game world consists of five regions never explored in the franchise before. Your army is represented by a customizable deck of cards, and combat takes place in matches similar to Gwent. The game is a role-playing game developed by CD Projekt Red. It is oh, a spin-off oh, of the Brody? Witcher video game franchise. Yeah. Yes, Brody. Oh, is it like Thronebreaker? Yeah, okay, cool. All is good <laughs> in the jungle. That's all. I just that was I what, what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Thronebreaker or Witcher Tale or whatever it is. Yeah. I Who cares? Need to prove a point. That's the answer. <laughs> I feel like I there's some sort of exists, subplot to this that we're missing. I, I wish it did. Yeah, what's the story Maybe. there? Did she not think anyone would know that game, or did she? she yeah, think? she thought no one would get that. And I was like, they will. They're all like between them. There's like some good between the four of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But Kieran won. Kieran got two points. Shannon got. Did Shannon get one? No. No, I, got I a did point. get one. My one got two one. For for uh, <laughs> are we are we awarding a point to Brody no. for that bonus one? We can if we want, but I don't. I, 
think that would be. I don't expect so it. Just to be clear. I say no, no. let's not. No, okay. let's not. Okay. He won. So, yeah. yeah. Brody then still in the lead on 23. James 22. Uh, Kieran, you've now moved up to third, tied with Shannon. Uh, and I've stuck at fourth, but now the gap behind. Bit, up at 19. Yeah. Uh, with that, let's bring Nan to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at pressstart at pressstart.com. No, press, at, at pressstart.au. And wow. visit the website at pressstart.com.au. Uh, we've been joined today by Shannon. Ah, uh, yes, you can follow me at Shannon Grixty on all the socials. Also joining us today was James. Yeah, you can find me on uh, X and I'll just find, look for me there. It's at James, <laughs> A-T-J-M-Z. I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, I'll right. set up a link tree. Like... <laughs> uh, keeping his cats on the controller, it was Kieran. Uh, yeah, Hash Brown on Twitter or X or whatever it is. And lastly, it was Brody. Thanks. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on all things at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. 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 Bye.